This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Income inequality and revolution. Who knew Dr. Ian K. Smith had all of that smoke? He was here to talk about eating clean and lean, and we ended up getting into this whole disparity in this country and, and where we're going if we don't fix it, and it was an amazing conversation. So I said, let me make this into a podcast. I hope you enjoy. Stay tuned. Dr. Ian K. Smith on The Karen Hunter Show. So in addition to doing these books, 17 of these, uh, you've also written two novels among them. I've read both of them. Um, Blackbird Papers, uh, which was amazing. You said it was amazing. Oh, my God. So then when this one came out, uh, it was floating around here. You're supposed to come on, didn't. So I was like, I'm... You know, that was shade, I, that's by the true. Way. By yep. the way, no, no, no. By it was just a bad either. schedule, but you, you know, I love you. But go <laughs> but ahead. But I called you, you though, because I'm you like did. this book. So it's about, uh, you know, secret societies, mm-hmm. you know, skull and bones, and all this. Now, Doctor Ian did go to Harvard. So my question is, as I'm reading all of these secrets, mm-hmm. hmm, as I'm reading everything, I'm thinking about is this modeled after like Black Boulet or no, 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 okay. no. This is the white people white secret, folks, society. secret society. You, you know, mm-hmm. the the big one. You know, <laughs> the one the, with the where the presidents. You know, yeah, like Obama and them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. George Washington. Yeah. Were you a member, sir? Is this a semi autobiographical? I am very upfront that this is based very tightly on my experiences in one of Harvard's final clubs, we call them. It's a secret society they call final clubs. And the reason they called it that was because the final clubs were, there were different different types of clubs at Harvard. The final club was the pyramid, at the top of the pyramid. It was the ultimate club. And you know my club in particular, the Delphic Club, was started by J.P. Morgan Jr. of J.P. Morgan Chase mm-hmm. um, back in the late 1800s. And these clubs have had the who's who of the world as members, we're talking presidents, Supreme Court justices, Fortune 500 CEOs, everybody. Um, and for some reason, I still don't know to this day, uh, they invited me to join the nominating process, or fraternities would say hazing process. And we call it the punch. They punched me to be in the punch uh, where you have to go to these series of dinners and cocktail parties and meet alums and it's very fancy stuff. And just for the record, so people understand this, yes, I went to Harvard. I was a kid from a working class family. We in did Chicago. not Chicago. Well, I'm from Connecticut, though from the character is from Chicago. Right. But I'm from Connecticut. Uh, I didn't have a dad. I just had a single mom. So we had no connections. We had no money. And so people say, well, yeah, well, he's, you know, no, I'm not the classical club type guy, which is why it was confusing that these clubs wanted me to join them. And uh, it was a very interesting experience. And so the Ancient Nine is my novel and it's a mystery and it goes in behind the scenes of these very famous clubs at Harvard. It was riveting and as I, I'm reading I'm like mm-hmm, okay Ian you're going to get in trouble they're going to hurt you <laughs> you give it away a little too much um, but let me ask you this as a black man that went to Harvard and was in a secret society mm-hmm. um, but still is probably and um, <laughs> they haven't kicked me out yet no uh, we, we have these very finite views of race and racism and how it plays out you know and as you mentioned single mom you a twin identical twin your brother looks just like you except he has hair did it does he have hair now <laughs> Not anymore okay okay he had so, great hair though didn't he did yeah he, he had did. great he, hair he had yeah um to to be in that space what ha- what did you learn about race and racism and navigating power what one of the biggest things i learned was how ignorant the vast majority of people are to the fact that there's this whole other world 
this whole other upper echelon of networking that occurs that we as regular people, I'm a regular person, are oblivious to. Um, and the fact that, you know, when you talk about this cheating scandal uh, with these colleges, my wife and I, who went to Harvard Medical School and University of Chicago Law School, we're sitting there in the kitchen and we're just kind of laughing like, why are people thinking that this is a this big is deal? This is not normal, right. This, they've been do, this is just a manifestation of what's been going on for a very long right. time. Yeah, for centuries. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, for a long time. Now, you know, we talk about legacy. I just read an article where my school, Harvard, 36% of the admitted students are legacies, which means that their parents or grandparents mm-hmm. went to school. And let me tell you something. When you look at how people get into these schools, it's not always this is what they did in their grades, this is their SAT. A lot of it is, you know what? I went to school. This was my classmate, and he calls me up, or I'm a sitting federal judge. A lot. I'm not listen. I'm not trying to say that that's the only way people get in. But what the average person doesn't understand is that it's all networking. Uh, the networking is unbelievable. I mean, I was in the home of people. Very, and I'm a little kid. I'm a 19 year old kid. I don't know any better. I'm in the homes of multi multi millionaires who are chairmen of this and this and this and that. I didn't know, but guess what? Their children, they call up their friend and say, "Hey, Bob, uh, so you know Jasper wants to do X Y Z. You know what Bob does? Picks up the phone, and says, okay, bring him in, bring him in." Mm-hmm. Bring him in. It doesn't matter, like, does he have the right... Skills, experience. No, not... we'll make it work. We'll right. make it work. So because I think... they understand this is all... I'm not saying it's an illusion. Mm-hmm. This is... I, I was talking to my friend Kareem today, and he said, this world is a carnival. You know, I you like get that. a ticket to come in. You know, you'll play some games where you'll spend more money than the prize that you won. You'll get on a ride or mm-hmm. two. You'll end up spending more money. Food costs more than it's supposed to. But you leave there feeling like you had a good time. It's all an illusion that there is some sort of meritocracy to this thing called life, That especially in this country, mm-hmm. that you win because you work hard. And that's the pathway. For some of us, that is the only way. Only way. That's the only way. But yeah. for the majority of people in this country, it is who you know. Most people hire people who they are familiar with or mm-hmm. who they like or who mm-hmm. look you know they look like people that make them comfortable not whether they have skill because there's probably people who are better equipped to do the job that they have there which is why the workplace looks the way it does so how do we combat that because you figured it out uh and i don't think it was luck in ian k smith you have a way about you there's a certain uh je ne sais quoi a certain charisma that you have that i love that phrase yeah that will make people want to have you as part of their clubs can i say this um my wife is I say things to my wife all the time, and she just is very nice and patient because I just have to say it to her. The little guy in this country doesn't have a real shot. That's a, that's a harsh term. Listen to me carefully. No. The little guy in this country doesn't have a real shot. And luckily, most of them don't know it. If the little guy really knew how long his odds were, there'd be a revolution in this country. Because they're not aware at all the things that are happening to conspire against them to keep them down i mean things as obvious as for example i say all this all the time now listen i've been very successful in my career i'm open about it i've been very blessed i've Mm -hmm. worked hard so i do have resources that most people don't have i agree to that but i still was a have not and i will never forget how it felt to be a have not when the airlines wants to charge you 
per check bag. And they said that they were doing that because the gas crisis was occurring and the baggage was heavy. And so they needed, everyone said, okay, that gas crisis was what, six, seven, eight well, years ago? Yeah. Gas and is the, lower than this. Yeah, and the lower. fee is right. still there. Right. So if you're a family of four on a limited income and you got to check bags because you're not like me, I'm a frequent flyer. I don't pay for bags mm-hmm. ever. Right. But if you're a regular person who, who can't afford it, now all of a sudden, not only do you have to pay for the ticket, right. now you got another 100, 150 bucks in just the bags. Right. Most definitely. Right. So it doesn't impact me, who I can afford to pay for that. It doesn't affect me. It affects the average person. And this is just one example. The bank fees. If you look at your cell phone bill, look at how much of your cell phone bill is fees and surcharges. Last week, I did that with the phone company. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm spending $25 a month in 9-11 this. FCC. FCC. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's unbelievable. So my point is... That the little guy does not really know how long his odds are, which actually may be a good thing to some degree, because if he really knew, this country would be in an absolute revolution. And that's why I also say the people who are at the top, sometimes when the guy is down, don't also kick him. You already got these people down. Don't start passing all these laws and legislation to make it even worse for them. They're not trying to own Mercedes. They're just trying to rent a Volkswagen. Let them rent the Volkswagen. Don't charge them on that. It's just the the the, the mindset of the people who have resources and the arrogance and the sense of entitlement and the inhumanity mm-hmm. for people who struggle yeah. is absolutely mind-boggling. 60 Minutes had a piece with this uh, billionaire, Dario. I think he's the 76th wealthiest person in the world, and he said the exact same thing. He said there's only two ways this is going to end. Either we're going to come to an agreement as human beings that this has to stop, mm-hmm. Or there's going to be a revolution. He said, the country that I grew up in that allowed me to become a billionaire doesn't exist anymore. Mm. The opportunities that allowed me to become the billionaire that I am today, they don't exist today for the average person who might have grown up in a working class, poor family like I did. Mm -hmm. And you just piggybacked on that. I don't know what to do about it, but we are headed for self-destruction. I I don't know any other kind of way to say it. Study the French Revolution. We're headed towards it. At some point, point, the guy at the bottom is going to say enough is enough. And I said this too yesterday. The difference between the French Revolution and America is America figured out when it started its experiment to put race in front of it. Yes. And that's why the average guy is willing to accept the fact that he can't get ahead because at the end of the day, he's still white. And they put value on that from day one. And while I may not be able to feed my family, I'll never be wealthy, I'll never do this, I'm still a white person. At least I'm not black. At least I'm not black. And I'm better than you. And I'm better than you. Yeah. They place value on that. And I said, that might be the only other saving grace, is that race is so much woven into the fabric of this country, whereas the French, they didn't have that luxury. No, no, They're- they didn't. And let me tell you something. The country, and uh, I was speaking to someone yesterday, uh, oh, to a friend's girlfriend yesterday, and I was like, she's a young person, and and I can't believe I say that now, but I was saying to her. When did that happen? Yeah, right. I would say, you don't understand. I'm almost 50 years old this year. This is the most divisive in my lifetime of me being aware of my surroundings that this country has ever been in. We are at a crisis stage in the sense that things that have been long in our past 
have now surfaced and bubbled to the top. Mm -hmm. And not only have they bubbled to the top, but people are trying to get more of it to bubble to the top. And they are now condoning and flaming this kind of behavior that we as a country decided not only was it a stain in our history, but that we were going to abandon it forever. And it's now coming back. And so I now have to turn off these cable news channels, because even though I like to hear what people who think differently than I do, what they think. I like to learn about people. What the way they think and how they think is so cruel and so inhumane that I don't even want to hear their justifications because there is no justification to take a mother and her kids and separate them simply because they want a better life. They're not coming to steal. They're not coming to kill you. They're saying where we are now, it is abysmal. We need help. Now, are they doing it legally? No. But that being said, you want to separate a mother from a child? For real? Are you kidding me? And then you call yourself Christians? You, and you're supposed to be about family and nuclear. Don't get me started. See, now welcome I'm here to, to talk carnival. about clean and lean. Look no. at you messing welcome, me up, getting me to politics. Welcome to the carnival, you're not y'all. To do that. Dr. Ian K. Smith is in the house. You sticking around? I'm not done with you. Okay, and people okay. got questions about their thyroid and stuff. So <laughs> just sit, sit tight. <laughs>